at the Connected TV Advertising Preview 2022 conference, three key themes emerged. Growth, new engagement strategies, and consensus on market challenges. Listen on to find out more. week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News, and that was Colin Dixon uh, from Endscreen Media at the beginning there. Hey, Colin, how's everything? Uh, it is great, Will, and how are you feeling? You've, you've arrived at the end of your conference. You must be exhausted. I'm exhausted, but I'm uh, but I'm very happy that everything went well. The, we're recording here late Thursday afternoon, and this afternoon and yesterday afternoon, was Video News's Connected TV Advertising Preview 2022 virtual conference. And um, yeah, it's a lot of work as always. And we're going to spend the bulk of today today's podcast really debriefing some of the key highlights. So I don't want to get into all that right now. But yeah, I'm, I'm breathing much easier that everything went off without any technical issues. And I think it was a positive user um, attendee experience for everybody. And so we'll get into all that in just a moment. But um, we wanted to kick off this week. You were following Comcast's Q4 earnings report just from this morning, and uh, which included Peacock results. And you wanted to highlight what's happening on the video side of the business and also um, the new Peacock numbers. Yes, indeed, I do. And uh, so let's start with Peacock, because I think Peacock is the positive here. Um, they, it's great. They finally gave us a lot of details on paying subscribers, which they have not done in the past. They said that they have now 24.5 million monthly active users. Of those 24.5 million, actually, they say over 9 million are paying subscribers and 7 million are bundled subscribers. So what they mean by that is that they're bundled, that the that the subscription isn't paid for explicitly. It's bundled into another service like with their broadband or with their uh, video, video subscribers. Um, so this is the first time they've given us this information. This, um, so I'm really pleased to get it. They also gave us a little bit of detail on how much money they're making per paying sub. And they say it's about $10.00 which includes advertising and the subscription. And they do say that the vast majority of the subscribers are subscribing at the lower level, the lower tier, which I think is $6, um, rather than the ad-free tier. So most people are seeing ads. And Will, I've got to wonder if that's going to jump up when we get to the Olympics um, and uh, also the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is available only to subscribers to Peacock uh, live this year. So that might goose subscriptions there as well. So that's the good news. The bad news is that they lost 1.7 million video subscribers in 2021. That's about that's just over 8% of their total video subscribers walked out the door. Uh, so one business is is declining rapidly and the other one seems to be growing rapidly but uh, at vastly different revenue generation um possibilities i think uh, arpu is still growing a little bit for the video business but pretty low a ten dollar arpu for their peacock so anyway that's that's what's going on at comcast yeah the um 
the peacock numbers are new numbers, right? 24 and a half million and also the 9 million paying subscribers. Uh, I actually wanted to ask you is, um, so the Super Bowl on Peacock is only, it's not going to be available freely to anybody who signs up. You're going to actually have to be a, at the subscription tier. That's absolutely correct, Will. And in fact, um, if you can still watch for free, if you go to uh, if you go to NBC Sports, okay. so it will be included with NBC Sports. Um, so you can watch it on your mobile with the NBC Sports app or on a computer with NBC Sports. But it's going to be kind of difficult to get it on your television unless you're willing to pay for the subscription tier to Peacock. Um, so that's that's the catch there. And uh, well, I, I will almost certainly subscribe so that I can keep an eye on what's going on there. I always do to see to see what's going on, particularly if the Niners actually make it into the <laughs> to the game. <laughs> well, we'll wait and see about that. If their if their good fortune continues, um, actually the uh, and I'm one of the nine million that are so called bundled, as you mentioned, because I have. Uh, the Xfinity broadband service. Um, so I suppose that means that I'll be able to watch the Super Bowl on Peacock as a subscriber. You will. You will. And uh, I'm one of the free at the moment. So <laughs> yeah. so we're both at, both at different ends of the spectrum. But uh, yeah. So anyway, that's. I think that's a really good progress for Comcast with yeah. Peacock. But uh, boy, uh, I think that must be taking the temperature of the pay TV world. It seems like the losses are accelerating, Will. But anyway, I think there's probably enough on that. Let's talk about the conference. It was a great one. I thoroughly enjoyed all the sessions that I, I saw. Uh, tell us how things went. Yeah. So um, first of all, thank you for all that, Colin. I really appreciate it. As I mentioned, it was it's a lot of work to put these conferences together. And it's always gratifying when they come off well without any technical issues, operational issues. So we had a compelling couple of afternoons, uh, 28 speakers across nine sessions. And, um, I, you know, I tried really hard to have solid representation from buyers, from ad buyers of CTV inventory, and also the sell side publishers, as well as technologists and analysts and really bring a lot of depth and breadth to the conference. Um, speakers were really focused on our theme, which was previewing of uh, 2022, the year ahead in CTV. And it's hard to summarize. There obviously was a lot that went on, and I'm going to be posting all of the session videos at um, Video News early next week. So uh, for our listeners, all the videos, uh, the sessions will be freely available. Um, but I'm just going to key on three quick things. First is that across all the speakers, I think it was there was a real consensus of um, excitement around the growth in CTV. I want to talk for a moment about the specific um, revenue forecasts for the industry that were provided by our two forecasters. Um, but a lot of growth ahead, a lot of excitement, a lot of excitement about CTV's potential to reach audiences in new ways, um, both with targeted content and also with targeted ads. Um, and also, I think, a fair degree of consensus around what the primary challenges are in CTV. And I'll talk about those in just a couple of minutes. But, um, you know, those are really focused on measurement, no surprise, and also complexity. So let me just spend, I want to spend just a, a few minutes highlighting the two forecasts that kicked off um, each of the afternoons. Brian Weezer from Group M 
provided his forecast on day one. He's looking at $33 billion in CTV ads advertising by the year 2026. And, um, you know, digging into Brian's forecast with him a little bit, really, I think his main point is that while linear TV is actually going to continue to grow just a little bit, connected TV is um, where the vast majority of the growth is going to be for the industry. Um, but he doesn't necessarily distinguish between CTV and TV overall. He, he thinks that the industry would grow at that pace if there were really no CTV, um, but because CTV is a better medium um, and it offers other potential and it brings in all this new content, um, that's where he sees the growth. But in, in some ways, he says it's really moving um, money from the left pocket to the right pocket and it's advertisers trying to essentially replace the viewers that are being lost um, on linear TV. So, um, so Brian is bullish, but um, puts it in context of TV overall. The start of our second afternoon was led by Ross Benish, who is the senior analyst at eMarketer slash Insider Intelligence. He sees a forecast of $34.5 billion in connected TV advertising by 2025. That's up from 19 billion that he's expecting in 2022. So pretty healthy growth. And um, he really sees um, the forecast growing strongly from uh, CTV, whereas Brian um, doesn't necessarily see new advertisers coming in, but rather um, the continuation of existing advertisers uh, reallocating what they would have spent in linear. Um, Ross sees really, I think, uh, in his view, three main companies that currently have about half the market, YouTube, Roku, and Hulu. Another 10% of so of the industry is um, with Amazon, Pluto, and Tubi. So when you think about um, you know $20 billion, give or take, this year, um, 60% of that by five or six players, that's about $12 billion this year. And all the rest of the market is about $8 billion. Um, Ross sees Amazon becoming a, a bigger player in the future and, and also really called out measurement as the critical challenge. And uh, we'll talk about that more in a moment. But those were the two forecasts kicking off the afternoons, Colin. And I, I thought they both did a really good job of helping listeners and attendees better understand just how much growth there is ahead in CTV. And um, and again, part of the excitement around it. Yeah, a couple of things that I really loved about Ross's presentation, Will, was he, he was completely upfront about the fact that they had they keep having to reforecast. He says that the market keeps right. accelerating. And he said... Uh, he actually showed a, a, a diagram which shows the forecast that they made in March 2021, which was for 27.5 billion in 2025. And the fact that they, in the October forecast, they goosed that up to 34.5 billion. So that's like a 9 billion increase. I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, but one of the things he pointed out, Will, I thought was really, really interesting. 
Um, he, he talked about universal search and the fact that it was pr actually pretty difficult for people to find stuff um, because all of the searches on the platforms, uh, they're not complete. Uh, and they're, they're, they're sort of really depends on which platform you are, the, the, the which platform you're on to what you are recommended to watch, what, what, uh, what you actually get back. And there were two things there. One is this is actually something that I've been talking about a lot this week. I did a podcast with Steve Harnsberger from USAND about this very topic early in the week. But what it really emphasized to me is that there's a lot of friction points in the industry like search, um, like uh, ad metrics uh, th that are really beginning now to have a serious impact, I think, on the growth. So, you know, the market's been growing in spite of these, but now I think these are really going to start to restrain growth and be, be, and hopefully that means that we'll get to fixes. So, yeah, I really, I enjoyed, uh, I certainly enjoyed Ross's, Ross's forecast. I thought that was uh, very interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and again, sort of expanding on some of the opportunities here, um, which was really the second theme I wanted to hit on the, you know, going beyond the, the quantitative forecast that Brian and Ross offered. Uh, I thought um, Tal Chalosin from Innovid, CTO of Innovid, framed up 2022 really nicely. Um, he's looking at key highlights like the Discovery uh, Warner Media merger, the NFL coming to uh, Amazon exclusively on Thursdays. Um, and the election, the mid-year elections, um, Tal was really looking at three macro trends, the innovation in streaming technology, um, looking at the reinvention of measurement, and the potential for commerce in CTV. And that really speaks to the idea of CTV potentially evolving to more of a, a full funnel opportunity. And that was something that um, our buy side panel of advertisers agencies really hit on as well is um, just the flexibility that CTV offers. And uh, another one of our sessions was focused on programmatic. And actually, Ross from eMarketer said programmatic, he thinks is probably about 14 billion of CTV this year. Um, and our programmatic panel really dug into some of the specifics of how programmatic is fueling a lot of the growth in CTV and um, really the role of, of data and targeting and, and optimization. We had a great group of folks on that session that, that really aired out that. Um, and so, uh, so those were, I thought, really some of the highlights. You moderated um, the publisher session, which also offered, I thought, a really nice window into the opportunity that CTV is providing. I did, but before we get there, I, I, there was something Tal said that I really loved. Will yeah. um, he? He said that he thought that um, that CTV needed to have an iPhone moment. And what he meant by the iPhone moment was that there was this point when the iPhone first released where we all started getting, you know, these, these, a smartphone and you looked at it and it suddenly came home to everybody that this wasn't just a phone, that it was a general purpose communication and compute device in your pocket. And when people did that, there was just this explosion of creativity about how this thing could be used. 
And that, you know, that, that was a, a watershed moment for the industry. And he suggested that we may be coming towards the same time with connected TV. That, uh, And when that happens, when people... Um, we have this expression in England, the, when the penny drops, when people finally understand what this thing is called CTV, that it will also unleash a tsunami of, of innovation in television and we'll finally break free of a lot of the bounds that we're stuck in uh, dealing with tradition, the way traditional TV works. Um, I don't know, what did, you, what did you think of that comment? I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, I agree. I, I was struck by Tal's comment as well. Um, I don't know. It would be interesting to see whether there is such a moment, quote unquote. Um, right now, CTV is really all about streaming and about replacement of, of linear TV. Um, I, I like the, uh, you know, we heard a lot about innovation throughout the two afternoons. And I, I like the idea that there are just so many different things going on that we, we could end up having an iPhone moment, um, quote unquote. And, you know, cer- certainly Tal, from a technical standpoint, is um, as well versed in all this as anybody um, in kind of understanding what's, you know, potentially coming. So I, I, I thought that could be, you know, tremendously exciting. Yeah, yeah, I did too. Um, so uh, as, as you said, I'm, I moderated the publisher's perspective for how to win in the connected living room. Uh, which was a really fascinating discussion. And uh, there were a couple of things that popped up on that panel, Will, that I thought were really interesting. One was I asked the panelists about originals because um, all three of the the publishers on the panel, and I had uh, Tubi and Roku and Vivo, uh, as well as Beachfront, but of course they're not a publisher, um, they're all getting involved in some respects with originals. And the thing that came over to me most strongly was that there were, they were taking measured approaches to the creation of originals. There's not this sort of massive budget scattershot approach uh, that, that is being taken by Disney and by Netflix and, and, and everybody else uh, in, in the SVOD market. It's really targeted that um, they're really focusing. Tyler, um, let's see, Tyler Fitch, who is SVP of Advanced TV Partnerships at Tubi, he said that it was a question of knowing your audience and knowing precisely how to apply your dollars to create the content that that uh, that audience wanted. I actually asked him if if he was producing if the content that they were producing was specifically targeted to to encourage specific um, advertisers or brands to to be associated with it. And he said no. The objective there was to grow audiences. Um, and he said um, he said that they just launched the Freak Brothers. That they would actually have a Bruce Willis movie, which I, I didn't I didn't see that that was happening. Uh, I, he said that's coming out in the next year. I don't know if he meant 2022 or 2023. Um, but these are all he says geared towards growing users. Now, a little bit of a different approach is being taken by Vivo, Rob Christensen, who's VP of Advanced TV at Vivo. He talked about um, the fact that they've just launched these things they're calling contextual ad channels, 
Um, they've got two, Mood and Rewind, and that these were really launched with uh, sponsorship in mind, with ad brands and advertisers in mind, and they were directly tied to the idea of getting people to watch longer, to just put the channels on and let them run, uh, particularly, as he says, they're program, program, programming them by day part. Uh, and and one of the things he said, Vivo is actually quite a, quite a newcomer to C, the CTV space, and he said that they've just seen remarkable engagement times with these products and with other products. He says the average engagement time for people using Vivo is about 14 minutes on mobile. But it's well over an hour when they're watching on connected TV. And he says also they don't skip the ads, which is, <laughs> which is yeah. really important. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, Meredith uh, Goldman, who's VP, uh, VP publisher, publisher ad solutions at Roku. Now, of course, Roku has just started this studio in Hollywood. Now, she says the, that studio is really focused on, on helping advertisers to create branded content. So that's pretty interesting. She also said that they've really enjoyed tremendous success with the content that they purchased from Quibi, that that has done, really done extremely well on the Roku channel. So really originals stuck out as being uh, a, a real, I think, difference from in years past. Advertising supported services have not really been in that business and they're really doing pretty uh pretty well with them so that was one one interesting yeah. point that was made on the panel well yeah absolutely and we don't want to leave out that daniel church head of advanced tv product uh from beachfront was also on the session i thought he made some really good points about how beachfront is helping um its customers to take a holistic view of video that's being consumed both through uh, connected TV, streaming, set-top boxes, on-demand, linear, etc. Uh, they're playing an important part in the ecosystem. And I thought he offered some uh, really good perspectives there. So, yeah, your session I thought was very upbeat, Colin. Um, everybody is re really, I think, enjoying the growth of CTV. Um, and some of them also highlighted some of the key challenges. And, and that's really one of the things I just... We don't have a ton of time left here on the podcast, but I did want to just call out that something that was among the really the primary challenges called out um, by lots of the different speakers is really measurement and, uh, you know, transparency and um, the idea of uh, being able to essentially measure across different viewing environments and do that in a in a holistic way. Um, John Nardone, who's the president of Media Ocean, did a great presentation called Clarifying the C and CTV, and he talked all about convergence and what advertisers and publishers, content providers are experiencing as um, there's been this fragmentation in devices and services. And, um, you know, measurement is something a number of um, speakers talked about there aren't yet common identifiers, so it's hard to see what viewership is across these different environments, and that that's a challenge. Um, Cadillac's global CMO, Melissa Grady-Diaz, uh, talked about how much she would like to have this. There were a lot of mentions of NBCU's 
recent announcement with iSpot TV and the different potential ways to measure value and outcomes. Um, Rob Kukerman at LoopMe talked extensively about the opportunity for CTV to measure outcomes and how the company is trying to deliver on that potential for customers. So um, we had a lot of different uh, viewpoints about, about measurement and about transparency. Um, Nicole Scaglioni talked extensively about transparency uh, and how important that is. Um, we had uh, Deep Intent, Chris Packett, their CEO, talked a lot about transparency and also privacy. They're deeply involved in um, the healthcare spaces at DSP. And they were, uh, he talked extensively about, um, about, you know, identity and, and privacy. And actually, Mark Debovaz, the former chief um, digital officer at Viacom CBS, who I interviewed as part of the wrap-up, uh, talked also extensively about the issues around privacy, the legal issues around privacy and identity, how that's uh, helped to sort of foster these walled gardens that um, make cross-platform and holistic measurement um, a challenge. And, and I think that a lot of the speakers are, are really looking to either provide solutions in that space or to help drive the market forward. Yeah, yeah. Mark also made another point that I thought was pretty important. And he sort of said that overall, the amount of time people spend watching ad-supported content is falling. And that might that might seem, you know, a bit odd because what we're talking about here is the explosion in CTV ad opportunities and that, that for sure is happening. But the overall effect that he was talking about here, Will, is of course, we talked at the beginning about people leaving the pay TV fold, Comcast, 1.7 million subscribers leaving. Well, they're leaving a medium that is very ad heavy mm-hmm. and they're replacing it with ad free SVOD and ad supported content that is in general a lighter ad load. Yes. Yep. So what that means, of course, is that, you know, they're seeing less ads. Now, the, the hope, of course, in our industry is that we make it up with much more relevant and targeted ads. Um, and ones that really drive consumers to action, and they're much we get much more efficient in the industry. But we're still figuring that out, so <laughs> I guess we have to wait <laughs> and see if so. that happens. Act, absolutely, I think that's a key. That was a key theme across all the sessions. Is we're still figuring it out. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That was um, that was definitely that. That. Uh, so, but anyway, a great great two days. If people haven't had a chance they should definitely drop in when will starts to publish those sessions please do check out my session uh uh, publisher's perspective it was packed i've only touched on on the information (laughs) that the guys provided in that session it was a really good one absolutely well colin thanks again so much for moderating you did a great job outstanding as always really got the most from all the panelists and uh, I just want to say a huge thank you to um, the sponsors of the event and also a huge thank you to all of the 28 speakers who participated, um, who provided their time and their insights about what's coming up in 22 for uh, CTV and beyond. So um, anyway, that's a quick recap. That's a, <laughs> a lot of hours of programming to try to condense into a very short podcast, Colin. But um, but I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah, I think we did. But uh, that's about it for this week. 
It is. So thanks, everyone, for listening in on this week's edition of Inside the Stream. And we will see you all again next week. Inside the Stream is a production of InScreen Media and Video News. All rights reserved. <laughs>